All right. Hey, uh, so this is DJ Marmar of World Without Words here at KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm joined uh, in the Troubadour in Los Angeles right now by Beware of Safety, members of the band. Would you like to introduce yourself and your instrument of choice, please? I'm uh, Morgan Hendry. I play keyboards and drums. Tad Pietzka, I play bass and electronics live and on the records do some guitars and mandolin and other stuff as well. Fantastic. All right. Well, first off, obviously, congratulations because this is a momentous sort of night for you guys. This is, is your 10 year anniversary show. So, thank obviously, you. thank you so much for sitting down with this interview. It's been definitely a long time in the works between me and Morgan. It's, we've been, yeah, back and forth for a while I'm now. I'm sorry so. it's taken so long. No, no, no. My apologies as well. So, but it's, it's, we're here. So, this is great. I figure, you know, the beginning is the best place to start. So, uh, can you talk about the origins of the band? Yeah. Uh, Steve, Jeff, and uh, Adam all knew each other uh, growing up and through college. And uh, they all moved out to Los Angeles in mass. Um, I think. Uh, I forget. Hey, uh, Kay, when did you guys come out to L.A.? 03. 03. They all moved out in 03. <laughs> uh, I had moved out from the East Coast in 2001 uh, to do college at USC. And so we met up circa 2005 uh, via a Craigslist ad that they posted. Nice. Um, and I, mostly when I went on Craigslist looking for bands around that time, I was searching for things like industrial and electronica and, and bands that had that sort of vibe about them. But a friend of mine, a couple days before, had turned me on to Do Make Say Think. And nice. so on a whim, I threw that into uh, Craigslist for the band personals. And, you know, up popped uh, three guitarists seeking drum for Ambient Rock Band. And so I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Clicked on it and started reading through the influences. I'm like, wow, that's, uh, these guys know a lot of stuff I know. And met up with them and, you know, for some reason it clicked. You know, you... You can get furniture on Craigslist. You can uh, go on personal, you know, dates on Craigslist. I don't recommend it, but uh, I guess you can find a band on Craigslist as well. And so a couple of years later, uh, circa 2009, we wanted to bring a bass player in and <laughs> decided since it worked once, we'll try it again. <laughs> Threw an ad up on Craigslist. Uh, Tad responded, came in, and um, just blew our minds. Um, so really so fortunate that the five of us you know got together um i don't know what gears of the universe were working but um the fact that we all met each other um, we had this great creative connection and have been able to sustain it for 10 years it's just been this incredible honor um and i, I know one that i i don't expect i'll find again in my musical career it's, it's really it's been incredibly special Fantastic. Yeah, it's great to hear how the super team formed, how it's, I mean, internet these days, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's um, talk a little bit more about your releases. So looking back on some of the prior interviews that you've had, uh, one can definitely see that the band has gone through a little bit of a rough stretch, about three years between uh, the release of Leaves and Scars and uh, Lotusville. Now, however, it seems that there was only one year gap between Lotusville and your most recent, uh, Mabon. Is that how it's pronounced, right? Um, Mabon. Mabon, my bad. Okay, Mabin. so Mabon. Yeah. Uh, what led to the kind of the quickened release pace? Was it sort of a burst of inspiration or something else? Well, we wanted to we wanted to maintain the energy that we had after the Lotusville record release because we did take a good amount of time there. We toured a couple times on Leave Scars and then spent nearly a year just sort of relaxing and doing personal projects and when we came back together to do Lotusville it's a con I mean it's a somewhat obvious skit but uh, it's a concept album about Los Angeles Lotusville is an <laughs> old name from uh, for Los Angeles and each of the pieces incorporates many of the influences of LA music uh, psychedelic rock the late 60s mid 70s there's even some 80s PCH driving music um, some of the folk stuff it's it's all incorporated in there and we found 
as we've wrapped that up and we had what we thought was a good concise record, we still had other ideas that we didn't want to just stuff onto a record just because they were there. So not long after, just a few months after the record release show, we went up to Big Bear and we rented a cabin in a bit of a cliche fashion, but we rented a cabin <laughs> and we, uh, we basically set up an impromptu studio for a couple days and we wrote and recorded at the same time. Um, the entire skeleton of the wow. putting it together. And then we sort of refined some pieces and went back into the studio during the summer to finalize things. But the majority of that record was put together in those two days. A lot of it was improv that we latched onto and then repeated it. Um, the first piece, Shutters, is actually just an entire conducted improvisation. Wow. Um, and that's sort of a long answer to your question, but it mainly it has to do with the fact that we instead of trying to overstuff things and edit down, we just wanted more frequent releases and the freedom with Mavin, especially to, to play instruments that we didn't have to recreate live. Uh, for example, I play multiple different types of guitars. There are lots of switches between acoustic instrumentation and sure. loud distortion, things like that, that can be trickier to pull off live when you don't have you know, a bunch of roadies and this budget. Right, absolutely. All right. Well, along those lines, uh, talking a little bit about Lotusville and uh, your inspiration. So it was definitely a bit of a departure, right, from your previous releases. You guys, like you just mentioned, uh, were inspired by Los Angeles in particular. Uh, much of Mabin, I feel, is an even larger kind of um, shift from your previous releases because it takes a lot of ambience, it takes a lot of uh, clean guitar compared to some of the more crunchier post metal bits from some of the early releases like Leaf Scars. Um, so, what drove you towards that particular direction to go more ambient, maybe more clean stuff? Um, it was it was birth of the environment, largely. I mean, there was a general idea that we wanted to do something around an EP's length that we just did not need to worry about recreating live. Mm -hmm. But as for what that was going to be, we didn't have an idea until we arrived. And as environments often affect you, of course, being in, in a pseudo-alpine environment surrounded by snow and lakes and so on and so forth, well, it took on a bit of a, a folk air to it. I mean, there's there's a practical element to it, too. You know, we couldn't have the acoustic drums up there. This is so, also true. So right. when, we're, when we're in the rehearsal space, it's just, you know, turn it up to 11 and go. Um, but uh, up there, I, I was, you know, I was forced to kind of leave the acoustic drums out of it. And um, I ended up tapping into uh, piano a lot more. Um, and so I, I've been taking, starting to take piano lessons, starting to improve that instrument a bit. And uh, it was actually really exciting to be forced um, to, to push the writing process in a different way. So instead of being like, okay, I gotta, I gotta put a beat down so people can write over. Um, now it's sort of like, all right, well, let me just, let me get a click going, and then uh, I'll, you know, do some chords and. Uh, uh, more pianos, keys, synthesizers, and things like that. Okay, so we can kind of thank Big Bear a little bit then, it sounds Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great environment for it. It's uh, wonderful to visit, and it's not too far. So, uh, yeah, inspired a lot of the uh, the American primitivism elements. Sure, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well. All right, well, let's change things up a bit. Um, what are your favorite venues to play, and uh, do you have any tour memories from those? Um, I... I really love the bootleg theater a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. of course, we got it. we're at the Troubadour. Shout out to the Troubadour. We love the Troubadour. <laughs> I love the Troubadour. And that is very much true. I love playing the Troubadour and seeing shows at the Troubadour. But mm -hmm. uh, bootleg theater, um, one of the special things about that, one of the special memories that I have is 
we did a, a show, a record release for Leave Scars with Junip, and that was an NPR sort of joint venture. So eventually they realized they were going to need to open up the back, which is typically only used as a theater um, for stage shows. They opened that up, pulled out all the seats, and made that the venue. And um, between the two of us, we filled it up. And so it was a really great environment because, as far as I know, it's the only time it's happened. It's possible that it's happened again, but as far as we know, that may be the only time they brought bands in to play that backspace. Wow. And so that was that was a special that was a special event. The the sound people, everyone there, the booking agents, they're just really great to work with. So that's as far as LA goes. That's that's one I would mention. I. I mean, I, again, I love the Troubadour. I'm playing here. The two times we've played here have been... Have we, two times or once before? I forget. Two. Yeah. Uh, two times we've played here have been really great. Um, but i got to say, one of one of my favorite venues, uh, for good and bad reasons, uh, was a place called Second Street Jazz uh, that went by the cocaine. So there's a Saturday night uh, post-rock, sort of instrumental rock, experimental rock night. Um, and it was just wonky, because it was like... Part sushi bar, part dive bar. Um, typically, it was a, a jazz venue, so they had a very, very small stage, like the size of our merch area, small. Jeez. Um, and it was just, it was mayhem. Anytime we, we brought a show there with these bands that were, you know, ten times louder than the room, and load-in was horrible. You had to park, you know, three or four blocks away, up like two floors on a parking structure. And, oh, jeez. Um, but, God, I have so many great menu, uh, venue uh, memories of playing that venue, um, and just, uh, and just wrecking it. Um, and it really, it was a hub for the, you know, what we'll call it, early scene, you know, back when we got started, we had, you know, Signal Hill and um, like Soundtrack Symphony, Third Uncle, um, a lot of these, like, you know, the bands kind of came came up together. We couldn't find a scene, and so we kind of created our own um, with all these these other post rock and instrumental bands. And that was that was always sort of a nexus of that early that early stuff. So I've got I've got a ton of great memories from there. Fortunately, it's closed, so um, they've uh, I forget what they've turned it into now. But yeah, it's strange. Ten years, uh, you see a lot of bands move on. You see a lot of venues disappear. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so many places that we got to start playing. Good Hurt, Thirteen Below, Cocaine. Um, God, I think Mr. T's got sold somewhere else. There's, it, it's it, it's incredible. The landscape of the city changes. The landscape of the music scene changes. Uh, it's fascinating. Great. Well, along those lines, what venues do you guys want to play at? What is what is your kind of pie in the sky? Hollywood forever. Yeah, Hollywood forever. That would be amazing. That would be great. That sounds great. Do some real dark ambient score. Play to a Dario Argento film. That'd be good. Oh, do some nice. <laughs> goblin-style stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, no one's going to deny that being 10 years in an industry is a long time, uh, especially when you guys carry a variety of full-time jobs and not to mention family commitments as well. So looking back, what would be one of your major, maybe personal, not just band, but personal highlights of the uh, musical career of the Life Safety? You know, I... So, God, so much amazing stuff's happened over the past 10 years. Um, but t for me, I think one of the greatest memories I have was playing our first show in Los Angeles. Because honestly, when I, when I started looking for bands, um, that's the only thing, that, that's what I wanted to do. I'm just like, you know, I want to play a club in Los Angeles. And if the band falls apart before then, great. But it's like, but you know, I'm in this new city, and it's something that... You know, I've been a musician since fourth grade, really, and it, you know, it's just like I'm. 
it would be it would be great to, to go out and enter, entertain people and I remember the minute I walked on stage and started playing, I'm like, man, I can made it. It's great. I don't know how you drop f bombs on there, but I made it. We can edit it out. Uh, um, so I think that's one of my favorite memories, and it's so many bigger things have happened to us over the years. Um, but to me, just just being able to get out into this city and share something. With, with people and to have them keep coming back show after show after show to, to hear it again that I think it's been the most special thing for me um, for in terms of what I did well to be so when I responded to their ad for looking for a bass player I hadn't ever played bass in a band and I hadn't picked up a bass in several years <laughs> but it's what they needed <laughs> so what was what has been fun for me is going from someone who just picked it up because I enjoyed playing and it's what they needed to finding a spot within the band to um, doing things that uh, I don't see all bass players doing and of course it doesn't fit every you band you, you but um, my mm-hmm. trying to come up with ways to do ambient programming amidst the set using pedals that were not designed for the bass. Um, doubling on melody lines, doing various finger-picking things, just playing in registers that um, are not the typical low end, just trying to find a way in which I can function, you know, as the bottom end, as the bass player, but also um, stretch my compositional abilities. And working with these, I've been very, very fortunate that no one has told me to shut up and play Roots. So <laughs> that, that you know, touches on the, the, sec- the second highlight is just this, this particular combination of people and being able to travel with them. Um, that's I, I don't really need to expand upon that. It's just a simple beauty. So great. All right. Well, conversely, if you could have done anything differently in your musical career in the past decade, what would it be, and why? Um, to be honest, the only thing I could really think of is just streamlining my technical setup more quickly. But I I'm <laughs> of I'm of the belief that every chaotic decision you make puts the rest in order. So we would not be speaking to you right now had I made a different decision. Great. That's um, a great mindset. Perhaps he would, but I would. Sure. No, I, um, I, I was actually going to say the exact same thing. I mean, we, being, being in a band for 10 years is not, not an easy undertaking. Um, I mean, 10 years is longer than a lot of marriages last nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's... We, we went, there, there's no doubt we went through a number of rough spots and I lost track of the number of times I you know, was sitting on stage in the middle of the set and was saying to myself, you know, this is, for one reason or another, this is the last show I'm going to play with this band. Um, it's news to me. I, no, no. I, and, I, but, but, and the reason I say it is that um, if, if I personally had not gone through those ups and downs, and there have been, you know, I, I say that as like the lowest lows. If I have, hadn't gone through the lowest lows and the highest highs, you, I wouldn't have had that, that depth of feeling um, to, to put into the music. Um, you know, it, you can't write great music if there isn't tension. And, That's right. you know, if, if we didn't have that and we didn't have the interplay between all of us, um, we wouldn't be writing what we were writing. And the fact that the fact that we can go through those those extreme highs and those extreme lows and not blow apart is a testament to each member of the band, you know, as an individual and uh, to our collective ability to to work through problems. And I mean, that's if any if any reason we you know lasted ten years, that would be it. 
Fantastic. I, I love that perspective. I couldn't agree more. That is exactly right. Yeah. So how about uh, the future? Of course, everyone always wants to hear about the future. So as a big fan of, of the band, of course, I'm always looking forward to the next release from you guys and uh, possibly tour announcements. So what can you share with us and the fans, of course, new and old, uh, about what's to come? Well, um, as of right now, that we're going to celebrate our 10 years. We're actually going to be, we're going to be taking a bit of time from here on out. Um, some people are doing some traveling. Um, we have a new family in the band, you know, um, and things of that nature. So in terms of music, you can definitely expect music from each of us, but we will, we're, as a band, we're not going to come together for a little while. We're going to take some time off to explore other things. Um, and uh, obviously we're going to remain in contact. Yeah. <laughs> And some of those things we released may be collaborations, but not under the Beware of Safety heading for right now. So um, perhaps slightly bittersweet news, but we will still be working, we'll still be producing music, we'll still be creating all kinds of art, and we do want to share it with whoever we're fortunate enough to have listening. So uh, we will make sure people know. Yeah. Great. I mean, it's certainly, it's heartbreaking for me, of course, to hear that you guys will be putting out more stuff uh, for this foreseeable future, but... I mean, we'll be listening. Individually to all of your projects, we'll definitely be listening. So please keep putting it out. We'll be supporting you every step of the way. All right? Yeah. Yep. Well, we thank you guys so much for sitting down with me on this momentous occasion. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you, it's been Thanks my absolute pleasure. Down. Yeah, of course, of course. So I've been hearing I've been hearing through Morgan that you wanted to talk to us for a long time. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad, yes, I'm glad we finally worked it out. And uh, as you know, as we put out new stuff, we'll definitely send it your way. And uh, keep all right. it going. Thank you very so much. much appreciate Thank it. you. All right. We very much appreciate your listeners. All right. Well, best of luck on the show tonight. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Cheers.